2014 will go down as the warmest year around the globe in recorded history. 2015 was the hottest year since climate records began. Your show this July was the single hottest month in recorded history. Australia sweltered through its hottest spring on record. Climate change is now affecting every country on every continent. The rate is a great concern. And what do you put that rate down to? Oh, it's human activity. We have everything we need. Some still doubt that we have the will to act. But I say the will to act is itself a renewable resource. Hello there and welcome to Climactic. I'm Gretchen Miller and this is a rather impromptu interview between myself and Alice Harding. Alice is currently up a tree in the dark. It's nine o'clock at night and she's preparing to spend her evening sleeping in the forest in protest of logging in the area. Alice, welcome to Climactic and tell us where exactly you are. Hey Gretchen, uh, yeah, so I'm in Big Pat's Creek, which is a beautiful area quite close to Warburton, uh, which is in the Yarra Valley. So I'm literally on Melbourne's doorstep. About so what are you doing there and why are you spending the night in a tree? So I was uh, lucky enough to grow up out here in Big Pat's Creek and uh, why I'm up here in the tree is that Big Forest, a state-owned logging company, has come in and they've started Clearfell Logging, this pristine area. And, I mean, there's so many reasons why we need to protect our native forests now in light of the bushfire crisis, in light of uh, the water security for Melbourne, the carbon storage for climate change mitigation, the cultural values for First Nations people. But for me as well as this added added value that like this is my backyard, this is where I grew up. So I don't want to see these forests destroyed. I want to see them protected. So I'm here in this tree sit, yeah, 30 metres up off the ground, and I'm tied to the logging machinery. So whilst I'm here and uh, whilst I'm, I'm up in this tree, uh, no logging uh, can happen in this uh, beautiful patch of forest here in Big Pats Creek. Alice, I have so many questions and uh, I want to start with how long ago were you a child in this forest? So I'm 22 years old, so I guess <laughs> it wasn't that long ago really. <laughs> uh, and mm. from where I am right now in this uh, Managum here, uh, my home is about one and a half kilometres away as the crow flies. So I actually walked here early early Monday morning at about 3 a.m. when I started climbing the tree. And, uh, yeah, I have many fond memories. My brother and I are playing around in these, uh, these beautiful trees and I was out here every day, out on the walking tracks, out riding my bike, uh, out climbing trees, <laughs> albeit not quite as high as I am now. <laughs> <laughs> so the, we've just experienced an unprecedented summer of bushfires. What kind of fire activity is was around the area where you are now? So luckily for us here in the Central Highlands, we were unaffected by the recent bushfire season. So it was mainly you know Skipsland and Gippsland that copped the brunt of those huge fire fronts. However, we have seen fire uh, 
quite recently still. So Black Saturday uh, really hit this area hard. Uh, it didn't actually burn this patch of forest that I'm in now, but uh, it burnt very close to, like you would have heard what happened uh, in Marysville, for instance, and all those areas are, are quite close to Warburton. Uh, yeah. Mm. Mm, okay, so the the area has seen fire in you know in living memory. I'm really interested in therefore the importance of this area and what it represents uh, in terms of forest ecosystems around Melbourne and why it's so important to protect it. Yeah, well, as you mentioned, in light of these bushfires, all our forests are now become critically important for the survival of our bushfire-affected threatened species. So we lost over 20% of our forests in Victoria, 21 million hectares burnt, completely unprecedented, as you said. And we've actually got 113 animal species that have been listed as severely affected by these bushfires. And some of those animals are actually here uh, in this very coop. So we have a sooty owl living in this logging coop. It was uh, spotted and recorded during a surveying trip by citizen scientists, a group called WATCH, which is Wildlife of the Central Highlands. Tell me a little bit about WATCH. They sound like a pretty interesting group. How do they operate and under what circumstances? Yeah, so WATCH is uh, Wildlife of the Central Highlands. And it's this incredible group of dedicated individuals, community members, that volunteer their time and go out surveying for threatened and endangered species. So how they operate is they will identify the coops that are going to be clear felled. Um, you know, they're going to commence soon. And then they'll go out in the middle of the night. They'll take uh, spotlights and infrared cameras and uh, video cameras and uh, devices to play and record sound and and they will go searching for these unique animals that are threatened by by logging and by the continued destruction of habitat and when they find some animals uh, like the leadbeater's possum they can get buffer zones created so they can actually protect areas of forest by uh, reporting where these animals live and although our government also does surveys, ironically, the government surveys often find nothing and then the citizen scientists, the, the volunteers go in and then they find all these animals and they can get protection. Mm. Yeah. I wonder how that, how could that be? I can't imagine how that could be. But Watch is in a bit of trouble. What's going on? Yeah, so at the moment Watch is in a court battle with Vic Forest. So, yeah, it's really big ticket stuff. Uh, they're in the Supreme Court of Victoria and they're seeking interlocutory injunctions on dozens of logging coops, which is basically just a pause on these coops until a trial can commence. And they're seeking this pause because a lot of these coops, they've got bushfire-affected threatened species located within them. So uh, the court... The court case rests on the legality of the continuance of the destruction of bushfire-affected threatened species habitat after the recent bushfire crisis. Okay. And so what is likely to happen and where are they at with that case? 
So at the moment, we just had some good news last week that a further 13 coops have been accepted into the case by Justice McMillan. So at the moment, we've got 26 logging coops around the Central Highlands that are being protected by this court case that cannot be logged and the trial is going to start in November. So until then, they're safe and hopefully we'll see a good outcome in that court case when it goes to trial. And are they continuing their work and adding to the protected coops as we speak or is it just limited to those ones that are currently under trial? No, they're definitely uh, adding coops as well when they can. So they're being represented by Environmental Justice Australia, a fantastic group of uh, legal experts. And yeah, I mean, this coop that I'm currently in and I'm blockading here at the moment, it fits the bill. Uh, we've got a recording and a sighting of a sooty owl uh, in this coop, which is a bushfire affected certain species. So hopefully in the next week or the next couple of days, even if I get removed, we'll see this we'll see this coop being added into the court case and hopefully it will be protected. Wow. So what's the process of that? So you're up the tree. You've managed to delay things for a few days. You will be removed tomorrow. Will Vic Forests rush to, to start logging in order to prevent that from happening? Possibly. I mean, uh, there's actually been uh, two other coops in Warburton where scheduled to be logged uh, that have been protected by this court case. So they're clutching at straws, really. Uh, this coop wasn't even the timber release plan. And within a week, there was this huge turnaround where the safety zone was announced. And then the machines moved in and the coop management plan was released. And it was all very quick. And it's just like they're getting desperate. They're, they're getting every last piece of wood that they possibly can. But hopefully uh, this coop too will be added into the, the case and follow the the other two coops around Wolberton and yeah we won't have to worry about the sooty owl losing its home. So it's a really high stakes game and just a few members of the community are taking this action for everybody else and how well known is the coop to Melbourneites? Would they be coming there for recreational reasons? I think they would be uh, familiar with the area. There's a very iconic walk here that is actually only 30 metres away from the coop boundary. Uh, it's called the Walk into History and it goes all the way from Pats Creek to Powtown and it goes via the uh, famous Ada tree, which is one of the oldest trees here in Victoria and it's absolutely a beautiful, massive old mountain ash, which is a really popular eco-tourism location and brings many Melbourneites and internationals alike out to visit. And what is the purpose of this logging? Like what will happen to the trees that are cut down in this coop? So in this coop we have mixed species rainforest. Um, so we have uh, manna gums and messmates and some mountain ash as well as some grey gums. And these trees are most likely going to end up as pulp. So there was a study done by David Lindemeyer, who is the most cited forest ecologist in the world, a very well-respected and well-renowned scientist, and found that 87% of the forest logged in the 
Central Highlands is sent straight to pulp, which is made into paper. So you've got mm. these ancient old trees just being made into cheap office paper. Yeah, it's it's hard to stomach really, which is I imagine why you're spending the night in the tree tonight. How many nights have you been up in the tree? Oh, well, this is my third night now. Well, this will be my third night. So I'm getting used to my home up here. <laughs> oh, it sounds extraordinary. Can you describe some of the encounters you've had with the, the local inhabitants? Yeah, of course. So probably the most memorable was this afternoon and, you know, the, the golden hour was upon us and the, the sunlight was streaming through the forest and then all of a sudden just uh, down to my right, I heard this lyrebird just down to the left of me and he obviously resides, you know, just probably about 50 metres from, from where my tree is and it was just a litany of calls all afternoon for about an hour and the bird was just going through so many different different types of sounds and they're amazing mimickers, live birds, the original songbirds, so I felt very blessed. What can you hear at the moment? So at the moment I can hear some soft calls of a nightjar in the distance and I'm also hearing... The uh, very strange calls of the yellow belly glider. Yeah. And they make all sorts <laughs> What do of, they sound like? Oh, they make all sorts of strange screeching noises. Uh, it's just, it's hilarious. They're, they're very obnoxious for us creatures. And can you hear insects or is it too cold tonight? I can hear mosquitoes. <laughs> oh, no. Well, that's no good. It's supposed to be an autumn evening, no mosquitoes. Oh, my God. So it's not quite as idyllic as I'm imagining. <laughs> it's also really clear out here so I can see lots of stars. How absolutely heavenly. And is it cold? Is it chilly? It's very cold. It's uh, going to drop below zero tonight here. So I'm all right up. I hope you've got your good sleeping bag with you. I do. <laughs> yeah. So what's likely to happen tomorrow? You've been there for three nights now. This is your third night. So tomorrow the search and rescue police will arrive in the morning, I'm guessing. And once they arrive, uh, they're going to ask me to uh, come down of my own volition and I won't report. And then they will begin climbing the tree, uh, most likely with spikes. Uh, which unfortunately will damage the tree. And once they're up here, they will um, ask me for my name and address and go through the process of an arrest. I may or may not be handcuffed, and then they will uh, accompany me out of the sit, uh, issue me with a warning that, you know, they'll take my details and they'll let me know that there are charges coming and, then hopefully they'll release me and I'll be on my way and I'll expect a summons in the mail. Mm, my goodness. Have you done this before? I have done other frontline action, but this is actually my first time as a possum, first time up a tree. <laughs> oh, you're called a possum. Okay. And have you been arrested before in this way or cut, cut down before? I have been arrested before. I was arrested at the Victorian Parliament last year. So are you anxious or nervous about this or are you, you know, yeah, it's all part of the, it's all part of the, the project? 
I'm a little bit nervous. I, I love climbing trees and I've, I've spent a few nights in trees just for fun, <laughs> but I've never been forcibly removed by the authorities. So I'm curious on how exactly they're going to go about getting me down. So I'm a little bit nervous about that process for sure. So you're going to resist the whole way? I'm just going to be passive. So I won't, I won't uh, try to escape or anything, uh, but I'm not going to help them get me down. So interested to see what they rig up. Will you have support? Will there be other people there to support you? I'm lucky enough to be working with an incredible bunch of people. So even now there's uh, some folk in the bush hiding out, uh, keeping an eye on me, making sure that I'm okay. So I've never been alone. Oh, that's wonderful, Alice. Uh, One last question for you before I let you go. Can you tell me why this particular coop needs to be protected after the bushfires? Why it's important that we actually stop logging and there's logging proposed in New South Wales as well at this present time. And Why having lost so much forest so publicly, you think the governments are continuing to log? I mean, I find it really, if I can editorialise, having had the bushfires, having been bathed in smoke, city and country dwellers alike, having gone through coronavirus, which we know is a direct result of human disregard for the environment, why our governments think that it's still okay to be business as usual? And what you're asking for from them? Well, what I'm asking for is a stop for native forest logging here in Australia. So in Victoria, you know, we've had Dan Andrews, our our Premier, commit to an end of the native forest logging industry by 2030. But in light of these unprecedented, unprecedented and devastating bushfires, We need to stop native forest logging right now. We need to stop in 2020. 2030 is 10 years too late. The reason why logging continues uh, is because, unfortunately, our government is tied into these archaic agreements, the regional forest agreement between the federal government and the state government, which allows this logging industry to be exempt from federal environmental law And through these loopholes and the complete inadequacy of the Environment Protection, Biodiversity and Conservation Act, 99, our federal environmental law, uh, companies like Vic Forest uh, have free reign over public land. And all of this, all of this beautiful forest uh, is going directly into pulp and then into the hands of Nippon, which is a Japanese company that is a a huge conglomerate that is not at all benefiting our economy here in Australia. It's going to reflex. So I think the government is has its hands tied in ways. The CFMEU is a very powerful union and F is for forestry. So even though the native forest logging industry is dying, it's dwindling because they've harvested too much in the past. They're running out of wood. 
I'm I'm wondering how it is that our unions, and I'm a proud union girl, but how it is our unions can pit jobs against the environment in the in this way, when in actual fact we know that there are more jobs in renewables, in renewable and in, in, uh, energy, in renewable activity, and that we don't need to be destroying our environment for the economy. There's plenty to be found economically speaking in in turning towards our earth and turning to take care of it we don't need to be cutting down trees so why do you think it is that the union is so determined to pit humans against the rest of the environment oh in all honesty it's uh it's it's really perplexing I I think the continuation of the native forest industry has a lot to do with the Wood Pulp Agreement Act, uh, which was legislation pushed through about 20 years ago, which basically just guarantees uh, wood pulp supply to Vic Forest and the cost of wood pulp, which means Mm. by logging our native forests, they have access to super cheap supplies and they're guaranteed a supply, no matter what the cost, even if a vast majority of the forest is burnt, which is madness. And I think what would make more sense is if the government continues the transition from native forest logging to plantation logging. These workers, uh, the workers that are operating these machines, uh, they're incredibly skilled. Uh, they have the opportunity to work within plantation and also within fire prevention, so fuel reduction burns. They know what they're doing and they're essential workers in many ways, but they don't need to be destroying their own future by cutting down what's left of our unburnt forests. I'm just so impressed and so admiring of your bravery and your passion and your commitment. Thank you. And I wish you a beautiful night's sleep and a strong heart for the day tomorrow. And thanks for joining us so much on on Climactic. Thank you, Gretchen. Good night. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Climactic, the flagship podcast of the Climactic Collective, a podcast network dedicated to lifting the voices of the climate community. You can find out more about the people behind Climactic and all the shows we produce at climactic.fm. We are a social enterprise podcast network, and we greatly appreciate your support. You can find a link to our Pausable where you can support us directly in the show notes of this episode or from our website. Thank you for listening. And from the whole Climactic Collective, keep up the great work and take care of each other in these climactic times. The Climactic Collective. This show is produced by Hear Media, a boutique audio agency in Narm, Melbourne. To learn more and get in touch, head to hearmedia.studio. That's H E R E media.studio.